podcast for furries by furries i'm rose get in the box and welcome to another episode of the show today i'm just hopping in really quick first of all before we kick off this episode with any boxer to say a massive massive thank you to everybody who has helped the show grow over the last two years that's right uh today is the celebration of furry trash's second birthday which is just flabbergastery it's so incredible to think the show has been running for two years now. I'm still not really grasping the concept of that it's two years since I started making the show and talking about animals on the internet. It's incredible. So I want to say a massive thank you to everybody for making tuned in from episode one to tuning into today. Enjoy season seven, episode one with London first top dog, Andy Boxer. Welcome back to Furry Trash, the podcast for furries by furries. I'm your host, Ink, and welcome back to another episode of the show. Today, I'm with Annie, aka Annie Boxer Dog. Annie is the chairman of London Furs, and today he's on to tell me all about the ins and outs of London Furs. Hello, Annie. Hello. Hello, everybody. Hey, Ink. Nice <laughs> to uh, meet you. Thank you for having me on here. And thank you for coming on. And first of all, you're very, very welcome. Uh, I just said to you, it's been a long time since I've been recording, so I'm a little bit nervous, but you look at it'll be grand. So, Annie, yeah, tell yeah, we'll people... We'll get for it. It'll be grand if we've started out. <laughs> tell people who you are and what you do. Um, so, I'm Annie Boxer. I am currently the London Furs Chairman. Um, that means that I help run and um, a chief sort of organizer of the London Fur Meets, which are one of the one of the biggest meets in I'd say in the UK, if not you know globally, of um, the furry fandom. I guess uh, it's a something that's been sort of close and dear to me for a lot of years. Um, uh, I joined. I think I started going to London Furs in 2009 um, and that was very much as a, I say young, yeah, I was 22 when I first started going to meet and I was nervous as hell um, and yeah, just got involved with helping to organise um, organize the meets, uh, working with the teams of people, um, the committee and stuff as it was then. Um, and now, yeah, I'm very much in, uh, involved in sort of head of organising it all. So you're the boxer in charge. <laughs> boxer in charge, sort of in charge. You know, I get I get various orders from other people, and you know, Annie, stop doing this, stop doing that. You're, <laughs> we need to do this, we need to do that. But yeah, I mean, London Furs. Um, it's important to to point out that London Furs is not just something that I've created or that I solely run you know London Furs has always been a part of a, um, a committee of people and you know I'm surrounded by some amazing talented people that all have you know, various skill sets that that all combine to produce London Furs as it is now and um, yeah it, it's it, it's actually a pleasure to work with everyone involved in London Furs and who have been involved throughout London Furs throughout um, it's the time it started as a as an event um it really is a uh yeah it's a pleasure to work with um with all the guys and girls that have been involved in it we just kind of um we all have areas of expertise that, that kind of combine to make life easier for everyone but also 
you know, we all put the work in and you never feel like you're solely responsible for everything. You feel like there definitely is a team effort. Um, and it is, it's an important thing. I mean, the London Furs of itself as an event is very much its own thing. London Furs is like it's the brand of London Furs is kind of um, something that we really try to promote. It's never about an individual or one single person. It's about the meat as a whole. Um, so, you know, whoever you are, what, what, whatever you do, whatever your beliefs and your um, your passions are within the fandom, you can go to a London meet and feel like you are a part of London Furs. It's not just solely something for, for one individual or a, a group of people. You don't have to necessarily be from London to be a part of London Furs. You know, you, you can feel that when you attend London Furs, you're a part of what London Furs is. And that to us is the crucial thing, really. When did you join hmm. the furry fandom and how did you join us? Well, I joined the furry fandom around the same sort of time. Um, I had, uh, God, I some of my friends previously, um, well, they're still my friends, actually. It's a bit rude. Yeah, what, a good friend of mine, Steve Fox, um, who still goes to meets and is still part of the fandom. Uh, we we met on like a video game like forum like everything was forums when I first started on on the internet and stuff um and he we knew each other for a chunk of time and there was also a very good friend of mine from California called Foggy who um who both when I first met them we were just into the video games you know it was just like a, a gaming thing but uh eventually I found out they were both furries <laughs> And at first I was like, what the hell is this? You know, like, this is not, um, this is very, very odd. Uh, but I love you guys. And, you know, I feel like, you know, I can just, you know, accept, accept it as for what it is, a bit strange or whatever. Um, but then the next thing I knew uh, for a year or so, you know, they started hanging out and actually met each other in real life. And um, obviously they were involved in furry um, forums and such. And I felt a little bit left out. I'm not going to lie. I felt a bit left out. But um, I, I started exploring uh, fur affinity and kind of not stalking them, but kind of just seeing what they were up to and things. And then I sort of thought, do you know what? You know, why not make a persona and, um, you know, see where things go, really? And that's kind of how I got into the fandom is that I um, decided to make Annie... Uh, a very simple uh, boxer dog <laughs> because um, boxer dogs at the time I was kind of looking at breeds of dogs and I was like boxers are really cool they have a high energy you know super friendly sort of derpy dogs and I thought that's a bit like me you know I like like being friendly like socializing like meeting people um, so maybe if I'm like an approachable guy I'm not like a scary type of dog you know like a rottweiler or whatever or, but I'm, I don't even, you know, I'm, I'm a dog person, put it that way. So, so you're a dog person, <laughs> both figuratively and literally. Exactly that, exactly <laughs> that. And I remember the first bit of art I got of Annie, um, kind of when I was, I guess, designing his persona, I sent a picture of a boxer dog from Google to the artist. And I was like, I love these markings. These are the sort of markings I like and the colours. You know, I love this boxer red colour. Um he needs to be simple, but I would like to see he's all white here and blah, blah, you know. And I think the eyes just laughed in that it was just kind of so simple because, you know, 
I think not that it's a bad thing. A lot some some personas have got really intense designs, and I think sometimes I just think about artists when they get a when they get a reference sheet and it's men like it's <laughs> insane like out there. They must think like, oh god, here we go again. But it's nice when they when they see Annie, they're just like, oh yeah, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, so um. Yeah, that's kind of how Annie was created and how I got into the fandom. And then being online and stuff and then um, getting to meet people. Uh, Steve and I kind of fell out of touch um, as he sort of, he moved over to America and was sort of hanging out with all the furries and stuff over there. And I was kind of just mainly still online and still gaming and stuff on PlayStation and things. And he... Um, uh, I've took a good friend of mine my best friend Sophie and I was like can you come with me to this um this event you know I love Google London and furries and that's how I kind of found London furs um and I, the first one I went to actually uh was when the meets were at a place called Saint um in St Paul's and it's a small a tiny little bar I mean it must be a 100 capacity or 80 capacity bar um and it's a you know fur suitors when at the meets back then there'd, there'd be like five to ten fur suits at most and that's probably that would be a busy meet i mean the fur suitors were getting changed in the same bar as everyone was buying drinks and stuff but anyway the first meet i went to I got there and i was i just felt completely out of place i didn't have a badge or anything like that and I tried talking to a few people um, and no one wanted to talk to me. It was a, it was a real struggle. Um, I bought a drink at the bar, was drinking a little bit and then tried to buy someone a drink and they weren't interested and I just ended up leaving. And I was like, wow, that was um, rubbish. <laughs> so um, I spoke to some people online after that. I can't even remember what platform we were using, to be honest, to talk. I think it might have been on UK First Forum or something like that. Um, and we were chatting and I just said, you know, I tried coming to a London meeting. It was like the worst experience I think I've ever had. <laughs> I don't think it sings for me. Um, and they said, no, no, come again, try again, like come and see us. And we'll be, you know, I'll be there from a certain time, you know, try taking someone with you. So I took my best friend Sophie with me to the next one. And we just got super drunk and met a load of people. Uh, I was a bit more outgoing, you know, I felt more confident being around a friend and then, yeah, just got talking. And from then on, I was every three weeks, I was going to London Furs, London Furs, London Furs, and was watching it grow and develop. And um, I got to a point where I sort of said, uh, you know, I'd love to be involved. At that point, I was mixing as a DJ and I would produce music and such. Um, I sort of said to them, oh, you know, if you ever do parties and things, I'd love to DJ. I would love to help out, um, you know, and as the meets grew and grew, I um, I mean, I started going in 2009 and then in 2011, I joined as a full, fully fledged staff member, helping um, just organize things really. What, 11 years of staff God. membership? Yes, Yikes. yes, oh my God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of it like that. It's funny actually, the, the time, you know, everyone says it, time flies, time flies, but <laughs> it does, it really does fly. You mentioned mm. there in your first story about the first event you went to, you didn't have a badge or anything. Online, lots of people have photographs and vlogs of them being in fursuit and stuff. 
Is there any mm. quota requirements to be at London Furs, i.e. do you have to have a fursuit, do you have to have a badge, do you have to have a tail, that kind of stuff? Maybe people who haven't been to meets before. Yeah, I mean, if, if you've never been to a meet before, um, and it is, it's it's it can be a scary experience, and London Furs in particular are a big old meet. I mean, now um, at midday, we have like 130 people queuing outside to get in at the start of an event, and that's like the start and throughout the day people will roll up I mean our numbers recently have been going up to um 300 340 people you know that are coming to the meets in the day and I mean even a meet with 20 people is daunting for someone so I'd say if it is your first meet that you're coming to um and if that meet's going to be London first whichever meet it's going to be first the answer to your question is no obviously you don't need a so you by all means you don't even really need a persona you know if it's something you're just coming to explore and just come to socialize and meet people and see if you like it and you know see a fursuit for your first time um you don't necessarily need any of those things but i always recommend whenever we you know we get a lot of emails from people that are saying this is my you know it's going to be my first meet i always say to them bring a bring a badge with your persona on or of your name on because something that I've always found and since that first day learning is that a great conversation starter with people is what is your persona I mean you know I've talked about Annie as in, in this interview with yourself um, and it's uh it's a great way to sort of understand people and to learn about people's personalities and it is quite an interesting connection between you know a canine or a feline or a, a, a dragon persona or um you know whatever your persona is what whatever type of animal you've chosen your personality is kind of reflected within that because in some ways people would say that their personas are kind of well they're a part of themselves you know it's something that you've created yourself and um it's a way you would like yourself to be seen by other people so I mean, everyone's always happy to talk about their personas because it's a part of them and it's something they're proud of. You know, I mean, that's that's how I would see it. But so going back to the question, it's um, it's very good to have a badge or something with your persona on or with your name. And I mean, if you're looking for a conversation starter when you're first nervous going to a meet, asking someone what their persona is, what the persona name is, or seeing their badge and asking questions about their persona is a great way to sort of break that ice. Um, the the whole thing of fursuits and um and I mean personas and badges essentially fursuits you don't need a fursuit to go to a fermi and the, I um for, for me fursuiting came later on is as um as my time of being a furry I um I mean I joined like I said I joined in two thousand and nine and uh, I got my first version of Annie in 2012 the the first meet I went I'd, I would have gone to about 20 uh, 20 probably about 10 to a 12 meets prior to ever having a fursuit or considering having a fursuit at a meet um you definitely don't need a fursuit to <laughs> to go to a meet that's for sure because whenever I do interviews I always get asked like what's the quote requirement to be a furry and I always kind of stress hmm. the fact that you don't need a fursuit to be a furry but I know when you look online especially on YouTube because people vlog hmm. uh, London furs vlogs which is insane hmm. by the way when people that go to those <laughs> meets like 
here's me over in Ireland and the most biggest, the biggest meet. Well, you can tell I can speak today very well. And um, the biggest <laughs> fur meet that I was ever at was like maybe 40 people. And that was mm. in Abbey Leaks back in October. And mm. I'm pretty sure if that wasn't the biggest, it was definitely the second biggest Irish furs meet so far on record. So the fact that like there was 300 wow. people at London furs meet is just flabbergasting to me. Oh, it's insane. It really is. And it, it still blows my mind. I mean, the, the, the fact the amount of people queuing up to get in at midday is just it, it completely, yeah, it, it's staggering to me. And like I said, when, when I was going originally, you know, you wouldn't get more than 40, 50 people. I mean, the, the meets have grown massively. And one of the main ways they have grown is by the amount of people that have fursuits now, which is... Um, not an issue, but it uh, fursuiters take up a lot of space and require a lot of resource, i.e., you know, you need to make sure there's water available, you need to make sure there's um, a safe, secure space for them to change and to to store store um, fursuit cases and such. And I mean, you know, to get onto the point of venues and the venue organizing meets and stuff, uh, you it's something you definitely have to consider now more than you did originally and more than the London First Committee when I first started going to meets had to worry about too much because you know they would end up with eight or nine eight or nine suits let's say um, at a meet and that would be wow look at all these like suitors but I did a count the other day of one of the um because we always we do a photo shoot at the start of our fursuit walk and um I like using that as a reference point to see how many fursuits are there. And not all the fursuits go on that photo shoot or walk. And you, you, I'm counting nearly 100 fursuits in that photo. So think about 100 bags and 100 people and, you know, in one room, in one space. It's, it's crazy. It really is. Press contacts quite a lot. Um, press requests, sorry, quite a lot via our email and such. And our thing is always we'll try and do them every now and then to kind of make sure what's going out to the TV or going out to media is done in a way that we're not, you know, seen as crazy animal people or, you know, people that are obsessed with, you know, as, as um, they put it on this morning, uh, you know, it is not a fetish. It is not a fetish, but it was, it was very much, we tried to orchestrate the narrative really, um, and the other two that were with me um, did an amazing job. Um, Dexy, it was Dexy, who was the um, other suitor as well, and Ed uh, were awesome with me. And they were both part of the committee as well at the time. Sadly, both of them have, are no longer at the committee, but um, both are still around. Um, and they, it was interesting. We were sat on the, in a little sort of green room because the this morning interview bit is in a completely separate room and you're in a tiny little room and there was uh, someone else that was on the TV show that was um, taking loads of benefits or whatever. And I think it was a, uh, this person takes, you know, steals benefits from the country. And it was like, these are furries. <laughs> so um, we're sat waiting to go on and we're all in fursuit, just kind of like, this is a bit crazy, you know. Then we go in and it's... Um, uh, yeah, it's us doing um, that. They they put the stuff that was going to go on the TV before we go on. And one of the things was like, is this a sexual fetish? Is this a um, 
is this something that you know do these people like dressing as animals and having sex and we were like hold on you can't put that on the tv like what's wrong with you we're like we'll walk away right now we don't care about this we'll leave this studio right now and Dexy particularly was very animated and just like no way absolutely not you're not putting that up there if you do that we're not doing the interview and uh they changed it quickly and it is that the media really try and bully you into putting forward the narrative that they want but the be all and end all of it is that you can stop that narrative from happening if you're confident enough and brave enough and I mean having those two there with me was an amazing thing and I mean I've only ever heard really nice things about that interview you know people have people have said you know um oh people ask about furry and they I show them that video and it makes them feel like it's a normal thing you know thank you for doing that and it's similar in that we I've done a few newspaper articles and, and magazines I think I was in a um a well-known sort of women's in a magazine I can't remember the take a break or whatever they're you know one of these 50p gossip mags and we were in that and again they were like this is where I first saw you as a first this is how where I first saw furry and how I broached it with my parents because you were there and you did that and you represented us in a in that sort of way that gave us the confidence to normalize it but it's nice it's nice that people do give you that that positive feedback from uh the tv appearance particularly because it always makes me quite proud that I did it with two amazing people that actually under that pressure didn't crack and if anything you know showed their confidence and showed their beauty as people um as much as we wanted to and it's key you know that's that's uh something that people now that join the fandom might see like yourself and that's it and to me that's a it resonates with me it's like that's that's so cool that that's how you kind of um saw and how we get to talk today do you know what i mean it's like it, it's really cool um so it all goes full yeah. circle then Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly that. Exactly that. So you mentioned you were in some magazine coverage and things. A lot of people say that a picture can paint a thousand words. Last year mm. for Pride, uh, London had uh, Pride London on and London first and to make a feature in it. What was that like in people's general reaction to that project? So um, it was interesting because with London first, again, going back to the whole public view of uh, London Furs as a brand, for example, as a meat or as representing furries in the capital city of the country. Um, a lot of press is the first place they go when they Google furries will be furries London or furry, you know, because their companies are based in London or they'll say London, you know, um, and we come up and the uh, our drive has never to been, um, you know, we're a 16 plus event outside of our party events and we've always tried to keep as much to a family friendly sort of event but more uh, an event that's a safe space for people to go to so um, when London Pride first approached us there was a little bit of we weren't sure whether it was the sensible thing to do or whether you know what whether we could be represented the wrong way it'd be hard for us to control the narrative of why we were at a London Pride event um but as I was growing up as a teenager um I struggled with my sexuality in that um I'm bisexual and I struggled accepting 
um, the gay side to myself, uh, I, I, the people I hung around with, I know I don't speak to them anymore. We're not friends anymore. And it's not down to that, but I'd, maybe it was because I could never feel like I could be fully honest with them or, you know, I struggled. And I'd, I'd never forget um, meeting one of my friends, Sophie's um, friends. Oh, I can't remember his name, but he uh, he was so confident in himself sexually and stuff. And they said, yeah, let's go to Pride. Let's go to London Pride. And I sort of thought, you know, I'm, I'm this tough guy, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to, you know, don't really seem to go into these events or whatever. But I remember standing on the, you know, in Oxford Circus and near Piccadilly and just looking at the parade and kind of being, seeing the movement of people and the, the commitment and the pride of being who they are as people. And it, it changed me as a person because I thought, these people like you can have this confidence and you can do you can go out and you can express yourself and you know it doesn't have to be a shock value thing it can just be I'm marching today to just represent who I am as a person I thought it was a beautiful thing um and it's uh you know being being mixed race as well I grew up in a time where um obviously racism is still a prevalent thing in in, in the UK particularly and in society but you know, I, I grew up in a time where I'd be called um, Black Annie and, uh, you know, I say Annie, but my real name, obviously. And, and it would uh, it would eat me up and I've been called an N-word and I've been called like a jungle bunny and things like this by like adults to like a, a, a teenager growing up, you know, like someone that's not fully confident or fully, fully there yet. And it always... I used to be slightly ashamed of who I, was, who I was as a person, not just who I was as a person sexually, but also the way I looked, the color of my skin and stuff. And having this, um, seeing the pride march and seeing people not caring about that, dis that disgusting behavior, that the way people can knock you down for being who you are as a person and having the pride and the, the fucking balls <laughs> to use up like a, a, a term to go out and be like this is me this is who I am as a person I was like wow this is this is amazing this is like fucking out this is incredible you know what what an amazing thing and the, the only thing I compare London Pride to is Notting Hill Carnival exactly the same thing Notting Hill Carnival is um if you ever get the chance to go you've got to go because they close down a whole borough of London and just imagine the, the like the whole of London gathering as a massive street party, listening to music, and dancing and enjoying the culture and enjoying each other and enjoying music and um, expression and costume and life. And that having this amazing event in London was just a, a big thing. So obviously when they got to go back to the original question, when, when they approached London first, I said, um, yeah, it'd be really cool to do. It'd be really, really cool to have us doing the march as well and just giving people the shock value of seeing a bunch of fursuiters walking down, um, walking down Oxford Circus, you know, being proud of who they are and their sexualities um, and giving the people another angle and, you know, people being able to see that. It's, it's, it was a big thing. So the year before the lockdown year, last year, um, I think we did it, we've done it two, two marches now. Um, 
and sadly I've been working at both and my job is quite all-encompassing you know I'm always out traveling and working and traveling and organizing stuff so um, I missed out on the actual um, pride marches and it's an amazing thing to see the photos and stuff afterwards you know it brought such emotions out of me of like yes you know we've done this and after the first year we got some knockbacks from people saying you know you shouldn't be promoting sexuality, you know, like this, you know, you're not a sex, you always say you're not a sexual event and blah, blah, blah. Then why, why are you going to a pride march? And, you know, we stuck to our guns and did it again. And the second time we did the march it was an amazing thing. And we got great feedback from people and the organizers love us now. They're always in touch. And obviously we aim to do it again for 2020. Um, but obviously Corona happened and we went into lockdown and the guys got in touch with us and they said, Oh, we, we want to, um, uh, we're going to do this as a surprise, you know, don't tell anyone from your group, but just get some people that you know of in your group, get some photos together. And we're going to put you up on the Piccadilly lights. And it was just like an amazing thing. Even just watching the live stream and getting that out there and um, seeing I mean, furries up on Piccadilly Circus lights, like, wow, <laughs> what an amazing, what an amazing thing to see and to be involved in. Um, so Pride is something that's kind of always been, you know, helps us get that narrative out there, gets us as a group out there and not become this shock secret society that we're not. We're, we're a society of people that we want people to be involved. We want to make people smile. We want to make people happy. And that that is... Um, you know, London, we're, we're super, we are proud to be part of the London Pride events. And I would I, uh, recommend any local meets and stuff, speak to speak to your local Pride marches and be involved as well, because it's it's an important thing. And it's, uh, it, yeah, it will have effects on people's lives um, beyond the, anything you can perceive. It's, it's, it's a special thing. Yeah, very proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> And I didn't even notice until right now, but I have a t-shirt. Oh, that says proud, proud, proud on it. And I didn't even notice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. I love how we've tied is... in pride with furry pride and London furs. And I'm sitting here like, I have forgot I was wearing this. Exactly. Smashed it. <laughs> <laughs> Smashing. Well, Andy, thank you so much for coming on. I really, really do appreciate it. My face is sore from smiling because I just keep imagining like fur meets and London furs and like traveling. And like, it's just making me so you happy. The to fact come. You have to come at some point some and point I have to say thank you so much for having me on and your show is amazing I have been listening to a lot of the episodes um and some of you've had some amazing guests on it and I'm very happy to be a part of that list as well and you're more than welcome to always come to London first or come down and visit London let us know when you're here and we'll catch a drink or something eh? <laughs> that sounds like a plan well Annie before we go where can people find you online um, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram. Um, my Twitter is Annie underscore Boxer. Um, but less of me. Get, go and look at London Furs. Um, just type in London Furs on Twitter. Follow the, the Twitter and the Instagram and see, uh, see the community and come along. Come and check it out. Come and meet some people and, you know, join our community because it's what it's all about. Sounds very exciting. And if you'd like to follow Furry Trash online, Instagram is furry.trashpod, Twitter is ftrashpod, and even on YouTube, the video is on Boxed Up Adventures. 
And thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Annie. Thank you. Take care. <laughs> See you later.